coming up next on the Jeff Crilly Show, you're going to meet a best-selling author who's going to teach all of us how to maintain focus. His story just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, we, no wonder we have a crisis of attention. So many devices are out there. Sometimes you're watching TV, you've got your cell phone going, you've got your iPad going, you've got the TV going. Uh, we do have a, a, a struggle in this country to, uh, to pay attention to anything. And teachers know this very well. Somebody else who knows this very well is my next guest, uh, Kurt Steinhorst. He, uh, he is a uh, keynote speaker and author. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm curious how your journey began when, it, when, you, when you come to focus. Why did you become so fascinated with it? Well, I, I had ADHD before it was cool, actually, and uh, it was when I was a kid that I was diagnosed. I was not medicated, found ways around it, and it wasn't until I was actually out of school working in my first job that uh, I started to realize that just the sheer volume of what was coming at me, I personally was struggling to overcome. And so this journey for me was entirely about how do I figure out um, a way to make sure I can actually be productive sure. and not live with my parents the rest of my life. And that was in 2004, so it's been a long journey. Okay, let me take you back. Like when, um, when you say it was coming at me at the same time, is it, does it feel like you're in a casino or an amusement park or what, is, what describe it? Yeah, I, I think the best way, at least at that point in my life, was I knew what I needed to do and I would go in with the best of intentions. I would listen to uh, books on audio. Uh, this was pre-audible, actually. And, and I'd get all this great advice on what I was gonna do tomorrow to be able to focus. And it would always be so helpful for me tomorrow, but it wasn't helping me then. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about like, what does it actually feel like? Uh, what it feels like is at a moment that I need to reply to a client. And in fact, I will never forget, I had a chance when I first started my business and I was working with uh, a Dallas Cowboy Hall of Famer. I won't say his name, but he was my grandparents' hero. And it was when I got the third email from him, always kind. And he asked, hey, I'm just checking in on when you will have the first draft of the speech to me. And I realized if I can't even focus long enough to help my grandparents' hero while I'm doing the work that I supposedly love, then I have a real problem. Wow. And it was just, uh, text message here, email here, social media here. And all of those things were getting in the way of me being able to actually get the stuff done that I wanted to get done. Wow. I can't wait to hear some of your tips and he's going to bring that to us in a minute, but he's also a, an amazing speaker. He's given TEDx talks and we found one. Let's go ahead and roll a clip from that. Sixty-two percent of people today 
are experiencing significant levels of burnout. And in fact, in a global survey of over 1,500 workers, only 2% said that their well-being was excellent. Because it turns out, when work is miserable, life is miserable. And it's not out of a lack of effort. Let's be clear, uh, companies have spent billions of dollars trying to solve this problem. Personal development, take a mental health day, yoga, and yet we're not seeing the needle moved. And my work over the last decade has been studying these trends and asking some fundamental questions about the way that we're working because it's just not working, is it? And, and so what is the fundamental challenge? What is the thing that we're ignoring as we attempt to improve? We say, you don't have to send any emails at night. You don't have to have meetings on Friday, which would be great if those emails weren't still there in my inbox, right? Here's the problem. There are an infinite number of things pulling at your most finite resource. And until we design work with the most finite resource that we have in mind, we're going to never see improvements. But there is a way we can. And, and of course, you're asking, what is that finite resource? Is it our time? We only have limited time. Uh, is it our money? I know I feel like that sometimes, right? That's very finite. Uh, is it our health? We can live, but if we don't live well, these are all important resources, but it's not our most important. Your most important resource is your attention. Uh, you may have heard uh, uh, people say that we live in an attention economy, which just means that companies will give you whatever you want for free if they can take your attention. And the reason is because they know that if they can get your attention, they have your pocketbook. But they have more than your pocketbook. Because what you pay attention to shapes the quality of your work, the trajectory of your career, the depth of your relationships, your view of the future, and your role in shaping it. Wow, you're a very compelling speaker. I've never done a TED Talk, but it, you had to be nervous. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I have had my fair share of speaking engagements, and I cannot think of one that I was more nervous in than, than the chance to speak in front of a TED crowd. And, and people who aren't familiar with it, there's a certain number of minutes, like you had 17 minutes, and you had to hit it. Like, if you're in the middle of a story, <laughs> you, you better wrap that story That's up. That's right. And in fact, what they, they, they told me was that if I go over, I'm not going to be on the TED website, which is a big problem. And so, wow. like, there's a lot of incentives yes. that align for you to stay right within that 17-minute period. That's awesome. Okay, we're going to put up a cover of his best-selling book, Can I Have Your Attention? So share with us uh, at least one lesson from the book. What, what's a takeaway that you want people to know? You know, there's obviously several ideas around attention. I think the central one is that we simply cannot thrive be more productive, be more successful if we don't understand the constraint. And yes. I see this happening all over companies where yes. they have too many emails and the solution is, uh, we just need another tool. Slack will save it. And we, we continually just add more and more and more to people's plates. And the challenge there is if your constraint is your attention yes. and you are trying to solve that by 
adding things that need more attention, then you might not have the results that you're looking for. Okay, I know this happens to me too. I, I don't think I have ADHD, but uh, I, I have a lot coming at me at the same time too. And I have like a little checklist, of kind of a priority, but then the phone rings and somebody else's priority becomes my priority. Yes. And pretty soon I'm, I didn't check anything off of my checklist. Yes. Does this happen to you and how do you control it's that? It's never happened once <laughs> to me. No, you know, I think there's a few factors that we have to account for mm. that a lot of the time management literature just seems to completely ignore, namely our humanity. And that's that number one, uh, our attention is biologically social. We are wired to pay attention to the people who matter to us and to what they're paying attention to. So the reason you get distracted by someone coming at you and asking you something is because uh, you're biologically made to pay attention to what they want to pay attention to. Sure. Now, the, the easy answer here is that we have to create at least enough boundaries that those people don't expect to be able to get us at all times. And we don't think that the best way we create value in the world is by responding to what is most urgent, right? And, and so this actually means having some conversations. Yes. And I, I often joke that the people who need your attention most become the biggest enemies of your attention. Mm. Uh, and, and the reason is simple. There's no incentive for them not to try to get your attention. Right. right. And it's okay to turn your cell phone off or put on do not disturb and, or, right. um, Hey, listen, you caught me at a bad time. Can I call you back? Uh, That's right. That's right. And like I, w my wife and I have, uh, have had this conversation and on an annual basis, we make adjustments, but it's simply this, uh, you deserve my full attention. And the only way that I can give you my full attention is if I give the other areas of life that need attention, the full attention they deserve. And so what that means is that now during the workday, uh, my wife doesn't expect me to be immediately available. In fact, if I am too frequent in interrupting my work because she has something, she knows that she's actually setting a precedent that makes me more likely to be interrupted at home. And so sure. I, by instead saying like, there are these hours that you get all of me, yep. um, that means that I can give all of my full attention to a different category because the real consequences of the attention economy is in the number of switch or context switches that we do. It's not just that we're interrupted by anything, it's that the things that interrupt us are in a totally different sphere than the one we're in. And that's disorienting and it actually costs us in, not just in the quality of the work, not just in how long it takes us to get the work done, but even in the emotional connection we have to whatever it is we're doing. Sure. Uh, we're going to show a video here in a second. Uh, I want you to tell people about your solution, the Focus Fit Challenge. Well, the way that the Focus Fit Challenge came about was right before COVID, I was embarking on a big project with Nike. And that, in, uh, that meant I was going to head up to Beaverton, do a number of days with some of their leaders, and then COVID hits, and we have to get creative. And I had always wanted to take the principles of the book and the work that I get to do with companies all over the world and, and turn it into an actual training program that would be fun. And this was the real challenge. It's one thing to say I got another, uh, another training solution that is just adding to the noise. Like, well, you have a problem with attention, so uh, let me give you something else that <laughs> you can't get to. Um, and so we turned it into a physical box mm -hmm. and we did a pilot with two different teams at Nike and it's basically a 30-day boot camp fun, five minutes a day, uh, all analog because people don't need to stare at another, a screen for another second. And, uh, and the idea is to say focus is a skill that you can develop and here's how you can develop it. Love it. Let's go ahead and roll that video.
Welcome to the Focus Fit Challenge. I wanna walk you through all of the parts that are included in the box that you received. So when we open it up, first thing you're gonna see is this welcome card. I want you to flip it over and you have to look at this QR code. That's the key. Next, you'll find a do not disturb sign. You can put this on your door, put it on your cubicle, should tell people to stop interrupting you. We have the map of the deck. This is the entire game plan. So when you open it up, it walks you through every aspect of the program. It explains all the details. Take 30 seconds, read it. Promise all of this will make complete sense. Okay, so here's the deck of cards. It's the heart and soul of the program. And what you're gonna find when you open up this box is three different colors. One's blue, that's for finding clarity. And then the second round is expand capacity. This is when people think about focus, they think time management, how do I get more done in less time? And then my favorite round is cultivating curiosity. Because it turns out we focus on things that are interesting to us. And so you say, okay, what does each round entail? Let's take the finding clarity round. First card is gonna be your introductory card. You're gonna see a QR code, takes you to a video. Check this out, it'll introduce the round. And then you have a fun daily practice. Every day you're in this round, do this practice. I wanna show you the four key challenges. For you to complete this round, you have to do these four cards. They all look like this. And you say, but there's a bunch more cards. Yeah, because we have 10 tips. People always say, well, what about, how can I get better at this? These tips are for you to look at, use them as you want, check them off, get credit. Hopefully you can beat your team, but you don't have to do all 10 tips in the span of the round in order for you to complete it. Next up is the journal. This is where you can take notes during the challenge. Also has inspirational quotes to encourage you along the way. Last up is what do you do with this box when it's empty and you're using all the pieces? This is actually where you can put your phone when you don't need to be interrupted. My phone goes here, nice felt so it won't slide all over the place. So put your phone in your box and don't get interrupted. I love it, and it was just a really well-made kit, so congratulations on that. Um, so we've got a couple minutes left, and uh, why don't you uh, leave us with some final thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that so much of the noise around how do I get more done, how do I be more productive, how do I optimize every moment of my day, actually fails to understand the moment that we find ourselves. Uh, time management as an idea was actually built during the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. And so what I would suggest is that you can't manage your time in a world that is asking more and more and more of you in a way that will actually deliver the results you're seeking. It, it's actually by understanding the, the role and influence attention plays in shaping your future that you can have real wins. And what I mean is this, uh, the type of attention that you pay will dictate the value that you create. And Undivided, full-focused attention for a short period of time in a single area is far more valuable than being able to divide and divide and divide what is most valuable. So how do you learn to focus? Uh, you know, if nothing else, I hope that I can be an encouragement to say that, that I have ADHD and focus is a skill we can all develop. Mm. It's not something that's uh, too far out there or impossible with the noise. It just means developing a few habits and also valuing the right things, namely your attention. Wow, what a great guest. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. We're gonna leave with his website uh, for speaking opportunities or to, to hire him to coach. 
focuswise.com. Uh, Kurt, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. You bet. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.